is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from what will soon be foggy forests of Meadowdale, Washington. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Hood River, Oregon, I'm Andrew Hoffman. There it is. Hood River, Oregon to Meadowdale, Washington. Back and forth. Here we go. Ready to go. Last week, we tried to do a show. We, uh, we put an effort. I packed a laptop and a microphone in it took it to hawaii and was ready to do a show on the road and the wi-fi was so bad at the at the uh place we were staying we couldn't get it done we attempted to do a show we we fully attempted we we called each other we got it we got got busy and then it was uh as they would say in the dc milieu turned out to be a a nothing burger shocking that hawaiian hotel wi-fi would be an insufficient connection for to run a podcast over voice over ip you know i was thinking about it afterwards i probably would have been better off just like doing a hot spot with my phone just using the the using it that way but anyway i it was kind of good because i I was pretty unplugged from the news in, in a lot of ways anyway so it was a lot of good fun in that respect i recommend everybody does that you know Get away, and even if you can't get away, do a uh, do a media fast. See, I, I I think I told I mentioned this last week to you. Everything I mentioned last week was apparently only to you, uh, but I <laughs> I mentioned last week. I said you know I got to the the place we were staying, timeshare, and uh, my phone didn't work. I had no cell phone service, and so I was like, okay, I can hook my phone up and. You know, my wife's like, oh, just hook it to Wi-Fi. It signal's pretty good. And I'm like, getting ready to hook it to Wi-Fi. And I was like, okay, so instead of taking steps to shut my phone off and relax, I'm about to take a step to connect it better. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not, I just kind of shut my phone off and threw it to the side. And I, I, didn't, I didn't use it for like a week. I mean, I think I've, I sent maybe one or two text messages in the span of seven days. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was, it was glorious. Yeah. So that is anyway, glorious. Anyway, I uh, did some reading. Been reading Russ Baker's book on the, the Bushes, Bush Family of Secrets. I, I guess you've already read that book. I was also reading some some books about the stock market and just uh, yeah, just overall unplugging and having having uh, some time with my wife and, and son. So that that was really good. Um, how, how's things over there? Oh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, burn Marty or uh, Schottenheimer's uh, effigy? Um, you know, it's going back to watching um, Oregon play SEC teams. <laughs> like play calling is much harder when the other team's defensive line makes your team's offensive line look like children. And that 
kept happening over and over again. So well, to be fair, you got you opened the season against Von Miller, then Khalil Mack. But I do believe later this year you also have to face Joey Bosa. So the whole, you know, just a tough lineup for Jermaine uh, Effetti, we'll call him. Well, and it's not just him either. It's just, yeah, it was it was bad. It, I do wonder how other teams can run like five yard pass patterns and have their receivers wide open, and that never works for Seattle. Never. Ah. It, it's either like complete a miracle pass downfield or uh, try a bubble screen that doesn't work or try one right on the sideline, you know. But waiting for Schottenheimer to turn this around is a... It's interesting. I thought he could, but um, I've been watching for a few days now and I'm not sure he can. Uh, I was was not really... That was not the name I wanted to hear. No. For... But anyway, yeah. So yes, uh, and the fact that in my uh, pick'em league, if Seattle had won, I would have won the week. Oh. And of course, they did not. But oh well. Well, November fourth looks like Chargers versus Seahawks. So it well, be- Chargers need to beat the Rams this. This week is it this is the battle for LA this week. So yeah, I'm I'm picking I'm picking the Chargers. Wow, that'd be awesome. I have picked the Chargers correctly both weeks so far this year. But yeah, you kind of knew. That. So just just to de- just in defense of my Chargers, and we usually end the show with all the sports talk, but here we're starting yeah. it out with it. Uh, just in defense of of my Chargers, first two weeks of the season, guess how much game tape existed on the two quarterbacks they played. Uh, zero and one week. Zero and z- oh, zero. Oh, yeah. Zero and zero. You don't. Need, you don't need game tape for Josh Allen, though. <laughs> but yes, that is part of the reason I picked the Chiefs week one. Yeah, I was like, you can't. There's nothing you could do. But Josh Allen, I felt bad for him too. I was like, I mean, do you put Peterman in to get murdered like he did the last time he played the Chargers, or do you put a guy in? I felt like you. you Peterman's already showed he can't handle that team that defense why not just put him in there again save your rookie save his uh his ego his ability his 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 woes throw him in there again but uh now they 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 started the rookie which i mean that game why not just keep tyrod taylor for another year i don't know and he's a great quarterback what was the plan there he's doing great i mean he's not amazing but he's definitely a serviceable quarterback uh (laughs) What serviceable? Yeah, I mean he's he's all right. He's not like, oh, he's on the team, therefore I will one hundred percent pick the other team, which no. is Nathan it, it, Peterman or Josh Allen. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that that Chargers defense is not a defense you want to face under any circumstances, much less with a, a rookie quarterback. So. Yeah. Um, that game looked like like I was like giddy like a school school kid because in the first quarter of that game it looked like this like this we were on track for like a hundred to nothing score. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was <laughs> there was like twenty one points on the board like midway through the first quarter. I was like, this is gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. So anyway, uh, this is not a sports podcast. So those of you who have stumbled onto the show for the first time, welcome. Uh, we don't just talk about ourselves and sports, uh, obscure sports teams to those uh, who are not in the Northwest or uh, one of 12 people who still root for the, the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we are a podcast that talks about the news and what's going on in the news, what's going on in the government propaganda these days, what's going on with the economy. Overall, my friend, just if you took a step back, what would you say the theme of these last few weeks have been? We've we tried to do several shows, didn't work, didn't work either time. But what what is happening right now? There seems to be a lot, a lot of moving parts. Yes, and I will close that door so the wind doesn't blow it shut momentarily here. Oh, that's but, fine. Uh, you, uh, maybe in the podcast they'll hear it, but I don't hear anything now, so don't worry too much. All right. So the, I mean, it's all Kavanaugh stuff. Um, you know, so, but it's the like Supreme it's Court a, justice who's not going to be confirmed because he may have sexually harassed a woman in middle school. Or um, I, that's the only kind school. of joking. Uh, oh, sorry. Thank yeah. you. As I say, yeah. only kind of joking. But we, oh, is it high school? So a, a woman who told no one for thirty years. <laughs> But uh, the story is corroborated by a woman who heard about it at school, Oof. even though it's supposedly happened during the summertime. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, like Brett Kavanaugh, I, I threw a story in there. George W. Bush issues statement supporting Kavanaugh. So that, you know, it's I have a hard time really rooting for him to get confirmed. The guy's. <laughs> He, he covered up the Vince Foster stuff, right? Uh, you know, and he's he worked for George W. Bush. Like, you know, I have a hard time just like really caring whether he gets shot down by the Democrats or not. But but but, it, but aren't you a true patriot? Aren't you a Christian? Don't you believe in Donald Trump? I don't know that Donald Trump believes in Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> All right. Well, you're side-skirting my question. Do you well, believe? It? <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. I I think I'm not uh, really trying to ask you this question. I'm trying to. I'm just doing my best impersonation of the mainstream news. But please. Well, because Kavanaugh was not on the original list, like where he's like, here are the Supreme Court justice candidates who I'm considering. Kavanaugh was not on the list. He got added after Trump was elected. So, Which means what? Well, it's... You've watched enough House of Cards, and you've probably never even seen House of Cards. But you've watched enough, you know, of these... Uh, watching enough reality? Reality yeah. TV and reality to know that somebody somewhere said, hey, we'll do this, but <clears throat> our guy's on the... Uh, right. You know, you know where. Yep. So some sort of deal was cut. Kavanaugh and all of his... I mean, wet towelness that he is. I mean, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with the guy, but it's just, it's just, a, it's kind of an eye roller just to watch. You got all these, you know, r- religious right people saying that he's going to be the the best, you know, moral compass for our country. You know, the guy who covered up more Vince Foster stuff, and then you got yeah. the other side saying he's going to, he'll immediately repeal 
Roe versus Raid Wade as though that's even possible. Just, yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> so and so uh, lo- fairly local politics here, the Oregon governor's race. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Republicans um, decided to nominate Newt Bueller to run against Kate Brown. Kate Brown wasn't even elected. She just took over for Kitzhaber after Kitzhaber was forced to resign for because uh, his wife was taking payoffs from uh, green yes, energy yes, yes. companies. I remember, I remember this. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, and she, you know, oh, transparency, yada, yada, yada. And she's probably worse. Yeah. Um, but but she is the first openly bisexual governor. So that's so trendy. There's no way, even though she has no personality, uh, no public speaking ability, no discernible intelligence whatsoever, no way she loses, right? I mean, she, it's like... I'm just wondering when she's going to run election. for president. I mean, come so, on. Yeah. So uh, Newt Bueller's approach is uh, like basically, hey, I know, you know, I know I'm running as a Republican, but really I'm a Democrat too. I'm pro-choice. It's just like I'll I'll just be like a little less corrupt than Kate Brown. Um, really a winning strategy. Yeah. So so back and forth, back to you know, if you're watching television in Oregon, you see Newt Bueller saying, "I'm pro-choice. I'm a physician. Oh, yay, science and abortion." And then you're seeing attack ads from Kate Brown saying. Newt Bueller's really actually pro-life, and how terrible is that? So <laughs> that's what we're sitting through. Very, sounds, very inspiring. Sounds awesome. Uh, so kind of like you know, like yay Kavanaugh, someone who George W. Bush recommends, which is one of your stories in here. But I guess the story is that it's in here. So just, yeah. I'll, I'll move it to the folder. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We should, what are we your should. what are, what is your do you have a take on the Kavanaugh thing? It's a massive distraction. There has to be something else going on. There's just it's just so it's just I don't know. It's like the worst of all forms of government, right? It's like all the worst. Well, like, it's not the worst form of government. I do have no, a story I'm, in there about Venezuela also, but No, I, that's not that's not what I mean, but I mean just just where it's just this right versus left false dichotomy, and, and and they all argue over nothing, and try to get in each other's way. It's it's actually kind of tiring. I I saw a tweet um, from Julie Borowski. Do you know? I don't. That is, she's a Ron Paul, Ron Paul supporter from way back, uh, and she says, I can tell whether sexual misconduct allegations are true based on the politics of <laughs> of the person who is accused so it was you know a satirical tweet there but but so, yeah so you're i saying, mean you're saying charlie rose probably was. <laughs> right i mean yeah you can either 
you know, pull the Hillary Clinton and say, well, the FBI needs to look into this Kavanaugh guy. This is terrible. This is, you know, politics should not. <laughs> uh, and then she's the one who said the FBI, you know, sh- and law enforcement should never be involved in politics back when the Bill Clinton stuff was going on. But anyway, well, I, I think we missed a perfect opportunity when we were uh, opening up our show with all that football talk. You saw the story I put in here. Russell Wilson asked Seahawks to modify play where he's immediately tackled by six players. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you already saw it? Yeah. All right. Yeah, all right. from the I'll onion. Just, oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll move it over to uh, the folder since we don't have to mess with it. Um, we also talked about last week when uh, nobody else was around the uh, Nike. Uh, and what was my take, Tim? PR stunt. Please tell. Say it again. Tell everybody. Tell everybody because no one heard last time what we were talking about. So right. tell me again. And this. So we talked about it when it was like fresh. Know, it was stock fresh. had been crashing and lost three yeah. billion dollars in value. And yep. And I said, it's it's a genius marketing campaign, and they know exactly what they're doing. Everybody's. Whether they loved it, hated it, and ever bought Nikes in their life or planning on buying their next pair of Nikes soon, everybody that day uttered the word Nike. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least multiple times, and yes. sure enough. And the, and we kind of both agreed. I, I actually, uh, you know, I, I have Nike running shoes, so I do buy some Nike stuff. I think that uh, some of their labor practices are horrible, uh, but I can't actually find any other labor practices yeah, of any any of the other right. places but they're it's still the coming, same factories folks they're still yeah. coming from the same places even from the other brands so that's unfortunate it's kind of like my iphone it's like uh so i can get a iphone made at the foxconn warehouse or the foxconn uh factory or i can get a samsung phone made at the foxconn factory right i'll pass you know i'll pass anyway so uh the, the point of the story is I do like Nike stuff, and uh, you do uh, on occasion buy some Nike stuff, and neither of us care about the national anthem thing. And your kind of point was, I don't think the people who buy the Nike apparel or shoes really care about the national anthem thing, and that's been proven. I think, other yeah. than a bunch of you know, kind of really squeaky wheels out there burning their Nikes, which is kind of hilarious. I mean, you just take your Nikes and throw them into a fire. Hilarious. Did he- did you see the guy burning his New Balance shoes? No. <laughs> Thinking they were Nikes because they had an N on them? No. <laughs> can't, that can't be real. Yeah, it was real. <laughs> I run in some pretty pro-military circles for reasons that should be obvious. Um, and they were all, you know, we got to get away from Nike. Nobody should wear Nike. Come on, Nike. No Nike. Right. Like shaming each other on social media. And yeah, now what? The stock's but way up. And the, the stock is at an all-time high. Sales are up. It's and Nike, the um, the Portland company that did the ad campaign. I think it's Wyden and Kennedy or something like that. Um, they did the original, like just do it, Nike ad. Right. And uh, they 
recently they had been going with other advertisers. So this was like their, you know, they came back to them recently and this was their push and they know what they're doing. I had thrown an article in here from Deadspin. There's nothing it's, more American than burning your dumb sneakers. <laughs> and it works. It it works the other way too. It's like, okay, yes, protest Chick Fil A, and In and Out, and see how. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, you know, and and see how uh, that affects their sales. That's how. Mm. I mean, that, that literally, that's how Trump got elected, right? It's the same thing as protest Chick Fil A, where Chick Fil A ends up with lines around the block. Protests in and out, where in and out ends up with lines around the block. Put Trump on television, say he's a big idiot, bumbling idiot. How can anybody vote for this guy while keeping him front and center on the news twenty four seven? And yep. everybody voted for him. <laughs> yep. So you, yes, you're you're making that thing. You you're forcing everyone to take an opinion on whatever it is, whether it's a right a candidate, whether it's Nike. So. Everyone's thinking about Nike. Yes, forty percent of people are really upset with Nike. Who cares? They were, you know, thirty-five percent. You know, ninety percent of that forty percent weren't going to buy any Nike exactly. products anyway. Yep. And the other six, you know, there's forty percent of people that are all into it and will actually buy something because of the. And it, I, by the way, I'm not saying that I support Colin Kaepernick or I think sure. he's a big phony and whatever or that i support the ad campaign i'm just saying as an ad campaign it was it was genius and it's it worked yeah i I would agree viral level marketing kept the name in the mouth same as donald trump does when he's on the news constantly just keeping your name his name in your mouth yep um yeah colin kaepernick's uh, political stance really coincidental to his decline in play (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes well but but, and I, and, but i do believe and, he got blackballed and he's not the first one which did well, we talk about this already tim tebow there's really no yes. reason tim tebow shouldn't be on a team right the, even if he wouldn't switch to from quarterback he's at worst a third string quarterback if not a second string quarterback so he should be in the league on that merit alone and if somebody just could have convinced the guy to switch to you know, halfback or, you know, tight end. He's an amazing athlete and he could easily be playing. But the deal is he brings with him the Tim Tebow circus that is, you know, praying on the field and this, you know, kind of outwardly showing that he's a Christian. A little over the top for my taste. I don't mind it as much, though, because it seemed like legitimate and honest. If you're going to wear a cross necklace and talk about Jesus all the time, just don't get caught, like... You know, doing cocaine in the locker room or whatever, but he never did. So <laughs> right. that's you know, but but basically he got kind of blackballed. Like that was it. You know, I'm you know nobody wanted to deal with the circus, and they all kind of. I don't think they necessarily colluded. They, but I'm sure they've talked to each other about it at some point. Like, what do you think? Oh, well, and it's like, how much of a how much hoopla and headache do you want to get? from your backup quarterback yeah sure the answer is zero yep and that's the same well that's and that's literally the colin kaepernick situation too how much hoopla do you want to get from your quarterback and and kaepernick you know like going vegan or whatever not ideal for playing in the nfl (laughs) did he go vegan 
yeah, it's like he's a kind of spindly. He was never like bulky, but does not look like an NFL player at this point. <laughs> Your judgment of the vegans really unless really he wants to unless he wants to switch to kicker or something. I don't know. There's <laughs> a, there are some kicker jobs available in the NFL. <laughs> not anymore. A lot of those are short up at this point. So anyway, Nike ad, it's it's gone. It's done. Um What's what's going on with this economy, buddy? This is a weird economy. Stock market just keeps going up. Yes. Uh so Apple hit a trillion dollars in market cap, right? And now Amazon also did. Yeah, well, Am- <laughs> there's a lot of funny posts that said never forget and it was like Amazon trillion dollar company and then it showed like you know the date 82118 to 82218 or something oh okay it it, it, dropped it, back it, it it did drop but uh it's 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 right near there it went up yeah oh my yeah my dad I think uh, it was up 4 to 5% at one point which is a lot of money when you're talking about a stock that's almost $2000 so yeah my my dad does remind me every now and then about me saying as he should Andrew buy buy gold yeah I wanted to point something out that I've experienced in the last few days that I just needed to kind of talk about and that is the new we we talk about this all the time and and it's it's not a new thing for the show alright you ready for this Andrew hold on to your seat I don't trust the news. Dun dun dun. Um, no, no, it's not 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 a wow, not a wow factor no. for you. Okay. No. I, how about this? I can't get any valuable information from the news. Dun dun dun. Even if it's weather? Question mark. <laughs> We're in Hawaii, man. In yeah. Hawaii. Okay. Hurricane Olivia barreling towards us. Okay. I can't get news I trust. It's all headlines. Massive storm. Biblical. Fl- the word biblical. Biblical floods. <laughs> it's like, wait, what is happening? I'm looking at my zip code that I'm in now, and I need to know what the weather report is. And weather.com, and even the lo- even local news is just like, like, there's a guy standing beside a river that's just flowing like crazy and wearing a poncho and screaming about it's coming, but there's no real reporting. I I honestly couldn't figure out what was happening where I was. Hurricane Olivia is barreling towards Hawaii. For those of you on the edge of your seat, this is what happens. Almost all hurricanes attack Hawaii from the east headed west directly at Hawaii, almost parallel and when they do that, I don't know if it's the low pressure around the islands or the the mountainous. You know, the you know the the Kauai is a very tall mountain. Um, whatever it is, it just destroys storms. I mean, they go from like Cat three to two one. Here's a tropical storm, and then it may rain when it hits mainland. I mean, it just whatever it is, they just dissipate as they come over it. And then I figured out that's what was happening with Olivia because. By the time it hit, it missed. I think the Big Island, and then it hit Maui directly, and there was just, it was like a, it was again a nothing burger, like nothing, and it didn't even touch the island I was on, Kauai. 
but I'm having to surf through news and I can't find actual news about something that I am directly going to be involved in. All I get is biblical and this and that and look at this. <laughs> and it's just, it's kind of weird, man. It's like, yeah, it's all about clicks and if it bleeds, it leads. It's very polarizing and strange. Like I, I, I genuinely and needed that it, information, man. Like I have a toddler, I have, you know, I'm right. here on the island. I'm, I'm clearly, you know, not in my comfort zone. I don't have a go bag. I want it. What am I up against? What's going on? You know? So what, and, however many degrees away from Donald Trump, the story is like, if once you get like two to three degrees away, forget it. Yeah. No coverage. Well, if Hurricane Olivia was caused by Brett Kavanaugh, maybe I could have got some decent reporting <laughs> over there. Well, the, uh, well, Hawaiian I mean, there's, there was quite a bit of coverage of the uh, of Florence, Hurricane Florence. Oh, tell me more. So you're saying a, <laughs> a, a storm that hit the eastern seaboard had good coverage. Yeah. Unbe- unbelievable, Andrew. What well, else a, happened? A storm that sort of hit the east seaboard. It's like... <laughs> It's going to be the first. I will no. never forget the snowstorm that was supposed to, I think it was last year. Do you remember that? And New York City was evacuated. And it was oh. like a dusting of three to four. It was like nonstop wall-to-wall news. I think it was last <laughs> year or the year before. And New York City was evacuated. And then, you know, somebody from, you know, Good Morning America or Today or whatever, like, walks out. And there's like a three to four inch dusting. And it's just like a zombie town. Like, no one is there. Yeah. Because they all freak out. This this was the same thing. It's like, no Category 5 hurricane has ever hit the North Carolina. And this one could turn into a Category 5 hurricane and hit North Carolina. And And then it goes, well, or we could, you know, you know, use some probability, facts, well, logic, gets, reason, it, and say, hey, if it's never happened before, probably not going to be a Category 5 when it hits this time either. It's, but, the, same, it's but, the same thing with Hawaii. When that Everyone in Hawaii already knew. I started talking to people, and everybody already knew. Like Storms coming from that way, uh-uh, not an issue. The one that hit last month was really strange because it came from the south. Mm. It came from the south moving west. So that was a strange one that actually hit. But everybody already knew that wasn't going to do it. Same as the storm. But the weird thing was Trump says the storm is not, it's going to be a big deal. You know, we got to watch out for it or something. And then all of a sudden they downgrade it. And they try to downgrade it like further than it's being downgraded. So CNN freaks out. Did you see that tweet? Of course you didn't. You're on Twitter. Let me see if I can put this tweet. No, it's in there. The uh, the tweet with no other story on the, in our folder there with Anderson Cooper. Uh, Go ahead and scroll n- down. And, not oh, the Joe sorry. Rogan one. Yeah, no, the, it definitely is the Joe Rogan one. Sorry. Okay. Did you already look at that one? No. To the point where Joe Rogan is is uh, telling uh, Anderson Cooper get out of the deep part. He's literally standing in on that. Is it broken? Is your link broken? Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Joe Rogan's like, dude, get out of the deep end. And it has a picture of Anderson Cooper. It's pretty famous by now, but everybody out there should go look for it. Or look in the show notes. It'll be there. But have you seen the photo? No. Oh, gosh. Give me a second. Why don't you move on to something else? I'll go find it. All right. Um, Our 
our dream of being uh, picked up for syndication by BuzzFeed News took a big hit today. They're cutting back on their podcasting team. Oof. Yeah. Who Very needs sad. a team? Who are these people who consider to say, hey, let's get a podcast team together? <laughs> what does a podcast producer do? I guess it's what that hour I spend after the show's over. Never mind. Well, no. I mean, the producer would, like, put all the stories together for us. And then we okay. just... Yeah, we just come in and just be the talent. Just this amazing speaking and banter. <laughs> uh, did you see the story about the number one Mexican restaurant in America being voted as Taco Bell? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm sorry, I did. I missed it. <laughs> okay, so yes, Taco Bell was voted the number one favorite Mexican restaurant in America. Now, By who? Americans? Americans? Yes. Well, <laughs> let let's face it, though. In a lot of places, it's the only Mexican restaurant, and it's certainly the only one that's like everywhere, right? I mean, yeah. there's. Not much fast food in, in Hood River, but there's a Taco Bell like two blocks from me. So, but this is a uh, totally unrelated but not totally unrelated story. Taco Bell worker turns away English speaker. Comes from the BBC. Spanish-speaking Taco Bell employee uh, in the U.S. was fired after a video emerged of her refusing to serve an English-speaking woman in Florida. So it was a uh, a very heavily Hispanic, Spanish-speaking area of Florida. Go on. And the the woman was black mm. and trying to order in English. And the this is going to come as quite a shock to people out there. But there is actually quite a bit of racism between uh, white people only, and who else? Brown-skinned people. No, and white people only. <laughs> brown skinned people and black skinned people you would say that Andrew there is actually As a white you know, a bit of hostility there so anyway she kept telling her in Spanish like sorry this is whatever town it is like we only speak Spanish here go away um, but what I have to say is who said Taco Bell's not authentic Mexican food you can't even order in English <laughs> <laughs> Did that buy you enough time to find a picture for our podcast? I did, I did but I can't put it I can't put it in the folder. Picture for the podcast. That's the name of this episode. The the picture podcast. Alright, move on. Let's you, go somewhere. Why don't else. you describe it since that's the only way people are going to Ah, it's not even that important. Some, I'm, I'm getting some word out here that this thing is fake anyway, so maybe that's why Joe Rogan deleted it. Oh, I... Like, I it was a, a doctored photo. Someone did have a picture of uh, Anderson Cooper and then, like, three other of his guests, and they all had the CIA, like, white hair. <laughs> and that it was a, you know, kind of a strange image there, but... Um, if you go by the CIA white hair theory, it was it was all four CIA guys. But anyway, 
I've let you take us on several trips. I've asked you to, to take us in a direction. Now I'm going to take us on a quick, just total sidebar. QAnon. The most compelling evidence I've ever heard or come across that it was real emerged this last week as Reddit banned every single QAnon subreddit, deleted them all. Hmm. Very interesting, I thought. Didn't they know that was a government thing? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but they went through and uh, banned it all. They, they had a, a subreddit called The Great Awakening, which had like a million seven hundred thousand viewers its final month before they banned it. They just don't like money at Reddit? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no kidding. You gotta, you we gotta, got a new business model. We don't want <laughs> users of our product. And also no negative news about Serena. The end. <laughs> so Serena's husband, one of the uh, key members at Reddit now, and every negative Serena post after her her uh, her blow up with the and uh, what was that at uh, at the U.S. Open? The U.S. Open. Uh, well, the the fraudulent U.S. Open. The real U.S. Open is the golf tournament. But have you ever really sat down and looked through QAnon stuff? I need some some QAnon person to to really talk to us. The thing this. is, okay. the I thing cannot, is this. I can't wait for this. Yes. I cannot get past uh, Mueller's okay. Mueller's secretly working with Trump, and they're going to arrest everyone. Like, no, that is not happening. So, <laughs> Wait, so when when Mueller throws Hillary Clinton in but jail, is there a chance that's going to happen? No, zero chance. But like a little. Mueller, no, Mueller is a Clint, he's a Clinton operative. I've been poking you this whole show trying to get you to to, to get riled up. Uh, it's, it's bogus. I mean, it's uh, kind of typical. Um, is, I think it has the hallmarks of typical like government Co- sponsor. Yeah. yeah, where you, you throw out a lot of stuff that sounds realistic and maybe there's truth in there, but the takeaway is... Don't worry, uh, government and Trump has it covered. You'll all be fine. You don't actually have to do anything out there, people. Just like hold up, hold up Q signs and wear a Q T-shirt. I mean, that's yeah. all you got. I personally don't know anybody who works with the CIA on this network at all. So, yeah. Oh, is that a CNN quote? <laughs> yeah from last time when i played that eight minute clip of the q supporters and then the c then anderson and some joe oh anderson cooper just looking awkwardly away like oh okay yeah no one would ever work for the cia well so when QAnon comes out talking about the official story of 9-11 and osama bin laden i start to I start to lose interest. We tried to do a show last week on 9-11. That was the date of the uh, the attempt. Yep. So hey, it was not... 9-11 was an inside job, people. Okay. Never forget. Is there anybody here who you think might not know that? Two, Ooh, did you listen to Corbett's podcast on this? War Games? Two Planes, Three Towers. Um, no, I've. Uh, that's the one... 
maybe I listened out of order because I was listening to a, a different one. But yes, I've got that one loaded up, but have not yet listened to it. Really good. Really, good. it seems like all year, everyone that he makes, every podcast he makes, is better than the previous. This is probably my favorite he's done all year. It was, it was really good. It, yeah, I mean, he's. I'm glad he's moving back towards the, uh, you know, he's the Babe Ruth of podcasting. Like, <laughs> like put it, put out the podcast, man. <laughs> you mean instead of the interviews and the other ones? No, I mean the interviews are good too because that's usually where he gets the material for it. But the. I mean the the weekly podcast that he put out for a really long time is, you know, top shelf there. Like an hour of thoroughly prepared, you know, broken like long form, but not um, overly do, long. Form. Do you remember the true golden age of podcasting? I can tell you right now, it's not now that NPR has their own podcast and network or podcast one has their own it was when in my own opinion it was when james corbett was putting out a weekly podcast dr future and future quake was putting out a weekly three-hour podcast yeah uh no agenda was putting out a three-hour podcast and you'd get a chris white podcast probably twice a month or so somewhere in that amount that's the real golden age of podcasting right there with the with like a weekly Frank and Chris show too, you know. That's right. There was a weekly Frank and Chris show. I wasn't listening to No Agenda back then, so Frank and Chris no, show I, was Frank and Chris good. show was too 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 far back though, man. I guess Future Quake was still doing the podcast then, and James Corbett was too. That's true. Yeah. Gosh, that was a while ago, man. Ten years ago. At this point. Yes. Yeah. Two thousand eight was I uh, was in a foreign country with no friends and listening to a lot of podcasts so yep, there you go i had just met my wife here's a funny story the other day i get up read the little devotional with my wife and my son and we were getting ready to pray and uh for, you know anybody so it's over i'm like saying the morning prayer and i thank god for 37 healthy years on the on earth and uh this was yesterday and because uh, yesterday was actually my birthday, uh, and then <laughs> this is this is going to sound absolutely horrible. Later in the day, I realized that my niece has a birthday within a few days of mine, and I better hurry up and get her a gift. So I <laughs> open up my Apple Calendar <laughs> where I have marked this previously, so I don't forget, and I you know make sure to get a gift for her. And when I open up my Apple Calendar, it says uh, today Tim Kilkenny's thirty eighth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> So I had already been uh, 37 for a year, so it's time yep. for me to turn 38. So. Yes. Well, Technology that's... these days, man. They're uh, you know you got to depend on it for everything, even how old you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, once you start, once you start having to think about it, like it's not like part of who you are. Like when you're five, like <laughs> being five is a huge part of who you are. <laughs> you would never forget that you're five as opposed to four. How old is your daughter? She's five. <laughs> but so yeah, what, once you have to like, think about it, like, okay, what year was I born? What year is it again? Okay. I'll do the math. But, <laughs> it's a different stage. It is a different stage. My son, not quite two, 
but and not super into that yet. But planes, oh man, planes is a huge part of who he is. Yeah. Yeah, my second daughter turns two on Friday. Oh wow! So. Congratulations, that's awesome. So that would be the twenty-first. Yeah, that's right. I remember I was pulling for her to be born on the eighteenth. Yep. Which was possible because I think the due date, the due date was, was the seventeenth or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> She's a week late. So. All right, a couple Facebook stories. We have to talk about this one. This was a disturbing story. Something we try to, to steer away from here on this show. Never. Former Facebook moderator says she took down beheadings, child pornography, and animal abuse every day, but was treated like nothing. Former Facebook... So uh, she she was the algo. Yeah, do you want to explain this? You and I both know what we're talking about here. Maybe you could read the article, or you can explain it. Well, actually, the the story I put in is is along the same lines. I put it in for the same reason, but the, okay, then you do know, it, once you read yours, go well, for it. Uh, just as far as kind of the the public um, image of these companies is that there's you know Google and Facebook. There, there's giant computers running algorithms and they know what you want when you want it and in reality they can't even come up with with an algorithm to to pull you know beheading videos and uh child porn like the the person was talking about no it's a bunch of barely over minimum wage people sitting there having to watch this junk all day long you know and manually going through and and deleting it it's ai bro delete it or not machine learning and so the the story that i threw in there facebook building a war room to battle election meddling which you know okay a war room they're just hiring a bunch of people to sit around there and and look for this stuff (laughs) you know and when it gets flagged by whoever then they'll go and look at it there's no the computers are not are not doing any of it, from what I can tell. So, I mean, I'm sure they are. You, you know, a computer can scan a list of words and say, if it has one of these seven words in it, don't let it through. You know, right? But but, but video and pictures are subject, not necessarily subject. And you would th- you would think with the Google image stuff, you would think they'd be able to. Because some of it is kind of scary how how well they can track and trace you and what what have you. But um, I guess because the I think there really is stuff being developed, but the purpose is not uh, for to create a better user experience or to to, to get you stuff. advertisements that you want. No, it's to track and trace everything about you. Um. But I, I do think they're overhyping that part of it too. The what? The machine learning? Yeah, well the, they're over AI. They're overhyping how much they actually know about you and how targeted they can be. I mean, really the most valuable thing they're doing is like, yes, 
they know what congressional district I live in. So I get congressional, you know, candidate ads from people who I'll actually be able to vote for. That is, that's good. You can also do that with the mailing list, <laughs> you right, know, with, right, right. with the, the more specific zip code. So I don't know. Well, the, the, the focus is not on child pornography or beheadings to folk or like what's going on in third world countries and other places that it's, is being uploaded to Facebook. The focus is on me, you, your wife, my wife, our friends. That's where all the focus is because we are the ones who are spending money, who live in the U.S., who have a disposable income. Following, tracking, and tracing us is much more lucrative to throw ads at, you know, me for, you know, new running shoes or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Or throw ads at my wife for, you know, new thrift stores or something. Not that they're really thrift do, stores. Do you, ads, ever, but do you ever click on ads just so that they'll have to, like, pay for the No, the but that's, that's, that's genius. <laughs> I think all their money. I'm gonna. I'm gonna admit something too. I think all the Facebook money for ads. It is. I think half of it, more than half of it, has to be browser cookies. Because I'll go and right. then all of a sudden I'll show up and it's like, oh look, there's the shoes I was literally just looking at. Um, but then I think another part of it too, Instagram. I don't know how Instagram does it. It's not a separate entity. We all know it's owned by Facebook. But my wife and I have talked about how the ads on Instagram are re- usually really good, like well targeted hmm. ads. That are like something that you would want. Anyway, but my point is, not to not to uh, get sidetracked too much. There's no money in watching beheading videos and taking them down. There's no money in it. So just pay somebody minimum wage to live in some high rise in Austin and and remove all that stuff for us. There's no money Ugh. in taking down child porn stuff, right? There's no yeah, money. This in is, it. This is, yeah. I mean, that's really what it is, man. I'm telling you. It's more about they want to know what you're doing. And, they and do, want not, to know do not people. take the job like that, people. It'll do not. mess you up. Well, and that's what they talk about in that article I was just, you know, that I just threw in the folder. But it basically just says, you know, there was massive drug use on the job. People were getting, like, one person became an alcoholic while working there. Couldn't go to work without drinking. Uh, it becomes a real, real struggle. Um, yeah I had nightmares a couple of times I remember for one example people jumping from a building I don't know why I remember people instead of helping the people jump they were just taking videos and fil- and filming it it was horrible I woke up crying uh, the work is hard the graphic content is a small fraction of what reviewers might see interestingly we've been able to use technology to review some of and remove some of the worst content we're committed to giving them what they need to do their job well. Da, 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 da. Yes. So that's the type of stuff that's going on that they're and, dealing and with. Yet, and there's no, like I said, there's no money in it, man. There's no money in that crap. But what there is money in is giving, you know, political ads to your local shenanigans or, you know, giving shoe ads to me or <laughs> whatever ads right. to other people. And, you know, a uh, hundred grand in, uh, Facebook ads, most of which were after the election, did not actually change the election. The Russians are doing it again. Russian meddling. (laughs) Yes. Russian meddling, Andrew. (laughs) So, 
glad those Chinese haven't figured out how to do any of that technology stuff. Speaking Boy. of which, the I don't know if I did I throw it in here. No, I didn't. Uh, there was an article that just came out. I think today was it The Verge, but it talked about how Google, the way Google works in China, it actually tags each individual user by their phone and mm-hmm. continues to track them and what they look at and what they see so that the government can keep track of what each individual person is looking at. Well, and they, they were having a hard time doing that effectively, and Google said, oh, we'll do that for you. Right. And so they <laughs> and so they did, and that's what's happening yeah. over there right now. But they don't do that in the U.S., ladies and gentlemen. So oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Don't worry. No big deal. All right, so this was hilarious. The Tucker Carlson Google executive clearly wanted... Hillary elected in 2016. Oh, yeah, the the video from that. Um, We're just going to assume everybody's seen it or heard it. Yeah, if you if you haven't, it's worth checking out. It, I mean, it is funny in a sad way, like billionaires crying on stage about Trump being elected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds like they're in a cult. With those weird little hats? Uh, that was strange. The hats. Very strange. And then, the you know, go to your, all these, like, ac- acronyms and stuff, like it's the military or something. I I just, I want to mention the uh, uh, Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro. Okay. Little video there. So he's he's kicking back. They're serving him, you know, the type of I thought it was more of a Brazilian thing where you have the big hunk of meat and you carve it off at the table for him and mm-hmm. smoking a big cigar. So he's, I mean, socialism works out very well for some people. And if, well, uh, if you're in charge. Yeah. I mean, and if, uh, if you got to starve your people for a few years to, to get them in line, eh, I guess that's what you got to do. So, but that's not real socialism, man. Real socialism would be awesome. Like it's never Sweden been tried. <laughs> so, I'll start with this one: Whole Food workers revolt against Amazon, aimed to unionize after awful working conditions. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, America's founder. Excuse me. America's founder. A <laughs> hundred years from now, kids will be learning that in school. It's a conspiracy theory that there was ever a country before Jeff Bezos. Before the United States of Amazon. America's founder. To, what, is that... Uh, um, yeah, it's Brave New World, the year of our Ford, right? Oh, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. Year of our Bezos... Jeff Bezos, Amazon's founder, earns $268 million every day, while regular Amazon and Whole Foods market employees average about $15 per hour. Reports have uncovered the horrible working conditions inside 
Amazon's massive warehouses as some employees had to pee in bottles because they lived in fear of being disciplined over idle time. Now a group of workers at Whole Foods is trying to form a union seeking better compensation after the Amazon buyout left the company with deteriorating working conditions, workers claim. In a memo sent to nearly every Whole Foods employee on Thursday, the union's organizers said Amazon is accelerating layoffs and consolidating stores to put employees' livelihoods at risk. Uh, and that more consolidation was expected. This is the second time Whole Foods workers have tried to organize, but it is the first time under the new ownership, said the Fast Company. The union demanded a $15 an hour minimum wage, better retirement benefits, blah, 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 blah. I think we kind of get the point. Uh, Whole Foods is using scorecards to punish employees. Seeing someone cry at work is becoming normal. Um, <laughs> oh, man. It's not funny, homie. Homie, it's not <laughs> funny, buddy. It's not funny. But I have a picture in here somewhere. I'm going to scroll back. On a, on a related note, uh, I saw a story today. I did not put it in the folder, but Amazon plans to have 3,000 uh, cashier-free stores open by 2020. So we've got that going for us. Yeah. So those whole those Whole Foods employees won't have to worry about those lousy jobs for very much longer. So... <laughs> Oh, you know what story we didn't talk about that I th- I I've got no real take on it, but okay. I just thought it was very strange was the the uh gas explosions. Yeah, that is like really near your Boston where it just mm-hmm. just you know, I saw on Drudge or whatever it's like multiple houses exploded and there's, I don't know. I mean, maybe I just wasn't paying much attention to the news, but it seems like that would be a huge deal. It should be a huge deal, yet it's not, and that worries me. But uh, it's really hard to blow up a house like that. I would think so. And yeah, I would hope we, so. Right. Yeah. Usually, it takes like you know, an earthquake or something crazy to to break. The natural gas lines and and to have the full-on explosions that that was do you have a a theory on that or have you seen any i haven't really seen any um any decent follow-up on that it's just like oh yeah they sent out a notice that they were going to be updating their some equipment and i guess something went wrong it's like well Yes, something went very wrong. <laughs> something has gone wrong. Cor- correct. So, no, I don't. I don't have a, 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 an angle on that. It's uh, rather concerning. Do you think it's uh, well? So, it could be terrorism. Could be kind of corporate sabotage, like or worker sabotage, disgruntled employees. Uh, could just be incompetent somehow could be some maybe some computer thing with the system i don't know how that stuff works as far as what well you there's know, been what's some the theories point. floated that it was stuxnet related gas yeah, pipeline pressure before explosions was 12 times higher than normal no clear timeline for people to go back to their home one dead Oh, kind of worry. amazing. There's only one dead. I mean, if 
it's did it happen in the middle of the day like when no, no one was home or is that I, I think that's what happened yeah I mean if it happened at 10 o'clock at night you probably would have had I don't know 15 or 20 people killed from it but the good news is Elizabeth Warren's on it so we'll figure oh she is this. so we'll find it all out that's that's good. I remember. Do you remember before Elizabeth Warren took charge of the uh, robocall thing that you actually got calls you didn't want? <laughs> how? I mean, how long has it been since you got a call you didn't want? Like six years? Oh, no, you know. Uh, well, <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> the thir- thirteen hours, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. As many as a hundred homes are on fire. That's crazy. That's yeah. That was the like early coverage, and then it just there it just so went many away. Fires, you can't see the sky. Multiple gas explosions. I mean, it's just bananas. a lot of ta- a lot of times you see um, stories where it's like you know what that's really a local news story like. But they're blowing it up either for Fox News reasons or for CNN reasons, you know. But uh, that should be a national story. Like an ongoing, you know, hey, Congress, have some investigations about that. Yeah, I mean, or some journalists should be investigating what is happening. That is a crazy, crazy story. Yeah. You know what we should do, Andrew? We should become what? journalists. No. No, there's... No? That, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Anyway. No? There, I don't. I feel like there's none out there right now. There's, like, a lot of people who, like, get memos from the higher-ups. <laughs> CIA. Mockingbird. Um, yeah. And then they uh, they report the news, but no one actually goes out and investigates. Yeah, you, you you might die. <laughs> yeah, if you start so. investigating stuff for real. Yeah, that's you know, or there's ways of of getting back at you or or shutting you up there. Hey, I'm just trying to pull it together enough to do a podcast every couple weeks. So. <laughs> One of the things we didn't talk about that we talked about in the last show, which was 20 minutes long and full of uh, Wi-Fi cutouts, uh, we should probably mention on this show, and that was Cliff Mass's blog where he talked about forestry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... We need to circle back. That was good because that is uh, something that we've mentioned before. Like, hey... um, it's not global warming. The wildfires are not global warming caused. They're caused by, um, and what he, what his argument was was their fires used to be just as bad as they are now, and then starting kind of 1930s and 40s, fire suppression technology got so much better. You know, you could drop helicopter full of fire retardant and all sorts of stuff to to battle it. And so the fires went away, and now they're 
coming back because uh, for the fire is part of the you know life cycle of a forest. So that's how pine cones work, isn't it? That's how pine cones work. And um, if you go with the jockey Lule theory of things, uh, you know technique. Technique kind of takes over everything, including fighting fires, but there's always going to be a consequence for that. And we're, you know, we're beginning to see the consequences of the amazing stuff we were able to do for the last 70 years. Putting out fires fires every time they start, yeah. Yeah. Northwest Wild, I'll I'll just read a little bit of the blog, but this is something, like I said, we talked about a couple weeks ago we didn't know anything about. And now we have a climate change... Not denier, but he's a he's a fan of climate. He's a not a skeptic. He is uh, going along with it. He believes in it. The 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 uh, vision of climate change. No, not. You don't think so? I believe he's um, a bit of a free thinker, which which automatically makes him in the denier. Well, he is employed <laughs> at the best university in the Pac-12. So he probably has to. Uh, no, I hold. think he's actually in Washington. <laughs> uh, so in order to keep his job, he has to have some sort of a uh, climate change line in order to keep the money coming in. I'm sure, but uh, yeah. Northwest wildfires. Are we seeing a new normal due to climate change or the old normal? Some of the news media, politician, and environmental advocacy groups have claimed that the smoke hitting western Washington during the past two summers are a new normal. Northwest summers should be smoke and fire free, and the anthropogenic global warming has created a regime of fires and smoke that has never been experienced before. I.e., the guy standing in my living room saying, this global warming is not getting any better. You might as well you know, get some more insulation in the attic. Excellent sales technique, buddy. Um, <laughs> as I will describe below, these uh, making such those making such a claim are seriously misinformed. Wildfires are an essential part of the ecology of our region, particularly east of the Cascade Crest. When European settlers reached the region in the 1800s, they found an area that was frequently smoky in summers with major fires. And the reason that the current inhabitants of the region think the smoke is an outlier is because of a nearly century of fire suppression in the West. To put it succinctly, during the past few summers, we've gotten a taste of the old normal, one that was familiar to our great-grandparents and their predecessors, and one that we will experience frequently in our future if we do not take steps to restore our forest and bring back regular fire. An excellent illustration of our fiery, smoky past is found in this graphic produced by the Oregon Department of Forestry showing acres burned and number of fires from 1911 to 2017. The number of acres burned in the early 20th century absolutely dwarfs what we are experiencing recently, and there has been no increase in the number of fires. During the 1940s, we got good at suppressing fires with new technologies such as airplane drops and fire uh excuse me retardant and the number of fires dropped precipitously with a modest recent rise but nothing compared to the 1917 to 1940 period smoke and fire was part of life here in the northwest before the period of near total suppression began around 1940 
Native Americans started fires to encourage the productivity of the land. Early settlers of the region experienced one major fire with lots of smoke after another. Some examples will illustrate. In 1844, a wildfire approached and almost destroyed Fort Vancouver, north of present-day Portland. A year later, the Great Fire of 1845 burned down the northern half of, of Lincoln and the southern half of Tillamook counties, destroying most of the old-growth timber in the area. Which, those are uh, on the coast, so it's pretty wet. Okay. Pretty wet there. Yeah. 1.5 million acres. In 1853, the Yaquina fire engulfed 450,000 acres in Oregon, followed by the Silverton fire of 1865 with a million acres in Oregon. In 1868, the Coos fire of 300,000 acres. And then in 1895, was a particularly dry, warm uh, year in Washington State, a detailed report by the U.S. Weather Bureau office here in Seattle reported... August 1990, or excuse me, 1895 was excessively dry month in all parts of the state. On many days, what was otherwise clear, uh, the sun was almost entirely obstructed by excessive smoke from forest fires, which extended over a great part of the eastern as well as the entire western section of the state. Mark Twain had been invited to speak in Olympia that summer, but his reception was smoked out by extensive fires on the Olympics. An amusing uh, repartee followed. Mr. Twain, as chairman of the reception committee, allowed me to welcome you to the capital of the youngest and most picturesque state in the Union. I'm sorry the smoke is so dense that you cannot see our mountains and our forests, which are now on fire. Mark said, <laughs> I regret to see, I mean, I meant, I mean to learn that your magnificent forests are being destroyed by fire. As for the smoke, I do not mind so much. I'm accustomed to that. I am a perpetual smoker myself. Don't mind our smoke. A few years later, a huge fire, the Yolkut Burn, burned 238,000 acres in Clark, Skamania, and Cowlitz counties, resulting in over 65 deaths. You're not too far from Skamania over there, are you? No, it's right across the river. It's, it's a big, pretty big county, though. And that's, that's a Washington County, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The smoke was so thick that the streets glowed at noon in Seattle, 160 miles away. The streetlights glowed at noon in Seattle, 160 miles away. Wow. And uh, ships on the Columbia River were forced to navigate only by compass. It makes our recent experiences seem like a walk in the park. But the real showstopper was the big burn of 1910, which destroyed 3 million acres and killed 87 people. A vast area encompassing parts of eastern Washington, northern Idaho, western Montana, and parts of B.C. The big burn was a turning point in many ways. Spokane is just getting nailed, right? Like Spokane is a, once yeah. these fires start, you just, Spokane, you just got to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, pushing the U.S. government to get into fire suppression on a massive scale. At first, our technology and organization was not up to the job, and major fires continued, such as the Dole Valley Fire of 1929 that burned 300,000 acres in Clark and Skamania counties. But by the 1940s, we became very good at it. Active suppression kept down the number of fires and quickly extinguished most of the ones that did start. Uh, I think we kind of get the point by this point. Yeah. Yep. Today, the bill for fire suppression of our fire and poor forest management in the Pacific Northwest of British Columbia has now come due. Those who blame our dangerous situation on a new normal solely resulting from climate change are not only misinformed, but they can act as obstacles to the actions that are accurately, excuse me, acutely needed. 
a massive effort to thin our forests and bring back low-intensity fire. Some enlightened politicians like Senator Maria Cantwell are calling for such an approach, uh, and they should be supported. Warming from increasing greenhouse gases is surely making the situation a bit worse, and its impact will undoubtedly escalate the real warming that occurs later in this century. But today, as global warming is a relatively small element of the current wildfire situation, particularly the slow-to-warm Pacific Northwest, as citizens of one small region, there's only so much we can do to stop global warming, but we can fix our forests, improving the smoke-fire situation today and preparing the greater warming that is undoubtedly in our future. I told you, he's a warmest. He is a climate change <laughs> guy. Um... But this just goes to show us all that Andrew Hoffman was right. If you cut down the trees, they can't burn. <laughs> the logic is irrefutable, Tim. It is irrefutable. <laughs> and I hate to say it, but you were totally right, man. You were totally right. It seems like it's not so much, and we talked about this before, and I think you know they talk about it a little bit in there. But it's not even so much the trees as it is all the underbrush, all the under stuff that gets burnt in these fires and keeps everything going. If that wasn't there because there was some thinning of the forests, we didn't stop every single fire that ever started, we wouldn't have the situation we have now. Yep. Where basically there's kindling on the floor of the forest just waiting to go up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I didn't get to my other Amazon stories because I was too distracted by my picture I was trying to find. But somebody at the dealership used to work at Amazon. And there was always be some sort of like mandate that was posted on the wall, like less shorter breaks, this and that. Mm. Very strange. And then next to it would be like this: we're organizing meet at this place. Da 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 da. Well, they they. Um they would the reason people would uh you know pee in water bottles there uh that was, is that because was they would the amazon. they would yeah they would track you that's the amazon and always know centers. like wait wait they're not working they're not working you know their phone is not moving around so no no yeah. so that that's the amazon centers not the whole foods yes whole yeah. foods is a different pl- it's not really but it's a different place the Amazon, uh, the work- yeah, I was I was talking about the warehouses there. A little bit different, but yeah, same thing. I uh, I have a, a customer who has a friend who worked for one of the Amazon fulfillment centers. He says that when you arrive, they give you a bracelet that has haptic feedback. So if you stop moving, your bracelet would it would actually start to vibrate. <laughs> Get to work, slave. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Jeff Bezos launches $2 billion day one fund. Uh, so he's putting $2 billion in uh, philanthropy, including setting up preschools. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Annual leadership awards, preschool fund, Amazon. So... I heard some, some one person wrote an article. Maybe it was GeekWire or one of these places, but they talked about how him giving two billion dollars was like, you know, the average person giving like twenty five cents or something. <laughs> and he said, yeah. "Oh, he's he's clearly 
you know, he's clearly greedy. I'm not one to tell people how they should spend their money. At least he's getting into some sort of a... Yeah, it's just like... But we can stop letting him just buy positive media coverage and pretend he doesn't run slave labor camps there. I don't care about the positive media coverage. I could care less. People who can't see through that deserve it. What I don't like is all the tax breaks. You, I mean, he, it's its own economy. It's bigger than most countries in the world economy. And then they get all kinds of tax breaks. I don't, that's what I don't, that's what really gets my goat. That's what grinds my gears, Andrew. <laughs> I don't care. And the workers thing, I mean, I do care about workers' <coughs> rights or whatever, but, you know, I know they're being pushed further and further in a, in a direction they don't want to go. Maybe they can't find another job. That's, that's horrible. But again, it comes to me back to the tax money. I don't understand how you can have a company that's worth that much and continue to pay no, almost little to no sales tax. I mean, it's just crazy. That 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 to me is crazy. I think every time Trump has said something about Amazon, I agree. Like when he talks about the tax breaks and how they're fleecing the American people and the and the government, ripping off the post office, yeah. ripping off the post office. You know, and that's weird too because I I don't know about the post office one. I had a uh, my last place I lived, the post office, uh, the postal worker, our, our mailman. He mail carrier, mail person, our, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know I had a pretty good relationship with him, so we would we would chat about stuff, and he was saying that you know he Sundays the whole reason they started delivering on Sundays was just so Amazon could do their stuff, and he said people were making extra money doing it, and a lot of people were big fans of it because they you know made a little extra cash, a little bit of overtime. Yeah. So I mean, not all bad, at least on the ground level. And then Fahrenheit 2018, Amazon begins banning controversial books. Now, it's a real big, like, uh, flashy title. But basically, this guy is a... What would be a Christian thing to say? Another human being? (laughs) A... um, Player. He's a player. Okay, we'll call him a player. <laughs> and the guy's all about uh, basically having sex with as many women as possible all the time. Um, and read several books about how to do it. Um, his books are starting to get banned from Amazon. Which doesn't make me worry for censorship. I mean, I do worry for censorship, but not because of this guy. How about that? Uh, well, is the content... And I, I've... Um, not familiar with the content of his books, but is it any worse than Fifty Shades of Grey or? Oh no, no, no! It, definitely not. I would. That's a good point. That's a great parallel to draw. So uh, he gives tips on what women want in different cultures and how to go to that city or country and have sex with women in that culture and what moves work where. That's pretty much it. You know, don't buy the book. <laughs> yeah. Although I would tell that guy, don't rely on Amazon for all your distribution. Yeah, Andrew. This is the Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> and it in in general though, um you know they don't really have to ban you. Okay. 
I think they banned this guy because <coughs> he was successful. Like people were actively searching out his stuff. Because right. I think what they would prefer to do is just, if they don't like you, just hide it. Yeah, it just yeah. it's starting to it started to make news that it was available, right? And that's what they didn't want. They didn't want the bad PR of Amazon's making money selling such non PC material. Precisely, you know what it was. Some social justice warrior decided that it was too much. Delete, delete, delete. There you go. All right, and our last story for the night comes from the onion god angrily clarifies the don't kill rule <laughs> it's an oldie but a goodie i think we read it every september 11th responding to recent events on earth god the omniscient creator deity worshiped by you should read this article you're always the no, onion no, article reader come on no. man i don't have it pulled up <clears throat> The omniscient creator deity worshipped by billions of followers in various faiths for more than 6,000 years angrily clarified his long-term stance against humans killing each other on Monday. Look, I don't know, maybe I haven't made myself completely clear. So for the record, here it is again, said the Lord, his divine face betraying visible emotion during a press conference near the site of the fallen Twin Towers. Somehow people keep coming up with the idea that I want them to kill their neighbor. Well, I don't. And to be honest, I'm getting really sick and tired of it. Get it straight. Not only do I not want anybody to kill anyone, but I specifically commanded you not to. In really simple terms that anybody ought to be able to understand. (laughs) Worshipped by Christian, Jews, and Muslims alike, God said his name has been invoked countless times over the centuries as a reason to kill in what he called an unending cycle of violence. I don't care how holy somebody claims to be, God said. If a person tells you, my will is, is they kill someone... They're wrong. Got it? I don't care what religion you are or who you think your enemy is. Here it is one more time. No more killing in my name or anyone else's ever again. The press conference came as a surprise to humankind as God rarely intervenes in earthly affairs as a matter of long-standing policy. He has traditionally left the task of interpreting his message and divine will to the clerics, rabbis, priests, imams, and biblical scholars. Theologians and laymen alike have been given the task of pondering his ineffable mysteries, deciding for themselves what to do as a matter of faith. His decision to manifest on the material plane was motivated by the deep sense of shock, outrage, and sorrow he felt over the September 11th violence carried out in his name and over its dire potential ramifications around the globe. I tried to put it in the simplest terms possible for you people so you'd get it straight, because I thought it was pretty important, said God called Yahweh and Allah, respectively, in the Judaic and Muslim traditions. I guess I figured I'd left no real room for confusion after putting it in four-word sentence with one-syllable words on the tablets that I gave Moses. How much more clear could I get? But somehow it all gets twisted around, and next thing you know, if somebody's spouting off some nonsense about, God says I have to kill this guy. God wants me to kill that guy. It's God's will, God continued. It's not God's will, all right? Newsflash. God will, God's will equals don't murder people. Worse yet, many of the worst violators claim that their actions are justified by passages in the Bible, Torah, or Quran. The whole medieval concept of jihad or holy war 
had all but vanished from the Muslim world in like, I don't know, the 10th century. With good reason, God said, there's no such thing as holy war, unholy ones. The vast majority of Muslims in this world rejects murderous actions of these radical extremists, just like the vast majority of Christians in America are are ticked off over those two bigots on the 700 Club. (laughs) How are you feeling over there, Andrew? I'm ready for bed. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, it just it just keeps kind of going, yeah. From there, it's like the longest onion article ever. <laughs> uh, some of the paragraphs in there are a little questionable, but I think the overall point we all get right. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Do not kill. Do not murder, for any reason, whatsoever. All right, those are words to live by. Yes, but we're still waiting for Andrew Hoffman's words of wisdom. No, I, I get, I got nothing else to add there. So. No, nothing at all. No, I've been up since five forty-five, so I've I've hit the wall. You've hit the wall. All right. Well, hopefully this week the Seahawks will change that play from where Russell yes. Wilson hikes the ball and is immediately tackled by the entire team. Yeah. You know, uh, my daughter and I have been playing a little football in the backyard, and she should actually, or Russell Wilson should adopt her strategy. So, like, if I'm going to run out to catch the ball, Mm -hmm. she'll say hike and then just chuck it as hard as she can instantly. (laughs) So, like, no waiting for anyone to, to go anywhere, just like, just chuck it so if he did that i think it would Im- improve things <laughs> well I'll, just, I'll, I'll have my people reach out to him i know some yeah, people in, instant throw just grab just throw, it and throw it yep. throw it immediately yeah. I think Brandon, don't worry attention to where it's going just let it rip copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the contact tab or support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com. And thank you for your support of this podcast.